Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Steve Dan. Transmission incoming from the big giant head. RadioWhat.com. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming at you live and in living color with another episode of What Makes You Famous. Today on the program, musician Ryan Hinman. We were hanging out at the Palmer Music Company right here in Conway, Arkansas, having a good time, set up in the middle of the waiting room where the parents usually wait for their kids while they're having their lessons done. We had a good time giving a little chit-chat. We talked about Ryan Hinman, my video dance parties and karaoke jams and private parties this week, Thursday evening from 6 to 9. I'll be at the Old Post Barbecue in Russellville, Arkansas. Do a little karaoke show for you. Come on out if you get the chance. Have some good barbecue and sing some songs with your friends and family. Hanging out at the Old Post Barbecue. Friday night, a little bit more of an adult crowd in Conway, Arkansas. Hanging out at the Rab, right up on the hill on 65. Have some drinks. They also have a kitchen that's open up. They have pool players. There's a pool tournament on Friday nights. You might want to check that out. I'm set up on the other side of the room, so it's kind of like two, two, two clubs in one. There'll be pool players on one side, and then the bar right in the middle, and then the karaoke on the other side with yours truly, Keys Dan. On Saturday, I think I have a wedding, so kind of excited about that. You know, I like doing weddings. If you want to get a hold of me or you want to be a part of this podcast, What Makes You Famous, give me a call at 501-470-6386. Or you can drop me a little email, what makes you famous at radiowhat.com. Everybody has a story to tell. I want to hear your story. I want to learn from you. It's Keys Dan, Ryan Hinman, musician. Let's get into it. It's got a few different effects on there. It's regular reverb. All right. The sounds you're hearing were Ryan Hinman. What makes you famous? (laughs) (laughs) All right, party people. All right. Ryan Hinman in the house. Guitarist, obviously. Somewhat. But that's putting you in a box. How would you describe you, Ryan? I just like to call myself a musician of of all kinds. Uh, I've kind of been around the block and done a few things in my day. Um, I, I assume we'll probably talk about a little bit of that in our podcast today. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Let's talk about the beginnings of you. Where are you from? For a little bit. We'll get into that. So, uh, I was born and raised around the Texarkana area, a little town called Hooks, Texas. Texarkana. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that Texas or Arkansas? Texas. uh, Texas. (laughs) Yeah, that's where I'm from. Little hick town, big on agriculture. Not me, myself. Um, I kind of never fit into that a whole lot. I was just more of the musician type. Um, 
So in school, you know, I tried sports and did a little bit of that. I played as a quarterback in peewee football. Yeah, look at me being all. Is that the law in Texas? In you have Texas. to play football? I think so. Um, I never really read up on much law, but it seemed pretty obvious that if you didn't participate at least once, then you were some kind of prude. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was into it for a while in my younger days, and then, I, I don't know, I snapped out of it or something happened. And I uh, got into band and started really finding my place in that. I was a trombone player. Uh, you know, had the, If anybody doesn't know what that is, that's the one with the slide on it. No keys or anything. So, I was wondering about that trombone. How do you know what place is what key, what chord, what? Well, they have different positions, and you kind of relate it. There's uh, all in all, uh, really, they say there's about 52 positions if you really want to get technical with all the uh, tuning and everything. But to keep it simple, there are seven positions on a trombone. But is it exact? Is, is no. it, does it snap into place? No, or not at all. That's the cool thing about it, though. It's the one instrument where you have to use your ear. Uh, well, not the one instrument. Violins, cellos are, are the kind of around the same thing because they don't have frets. And so you really have to listen and move your fingers into the right spot. Uh, trombone, you just have to kind of move that slide accordingly. And it's uh, all approximate. Uh, it's, I mean, the best that your ear can match it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't play with a tuner on your bell when you're in the middle of a concert with an orchestra or anything like that. So, um, but I was, yeah, I was into marching band in high school. I really liked a uh, concert band a whole lot. I made all state in Texas, um, my senior year. Uh, I mean, I was, I was big into it. I was drum major my senior year. It was, uh, it was a big part of my musical beginnings. Um, I mean, I had had a music class way back before then, you know, where we played recorder and learned Mary Had a Little Lamb and stuff like that. And I'd picked around on a few pianos as a kid, but a uh, band was truly my ultimate beginning into music. And then from there, I picked up bass guitar, me and my buddy, um, who's actually my drummer now. Um, we were trying to start up a group and I just played trombone. And so I thought, well, what do I want to play? You know, guitar is kind of cliche. I'm not really much of a singer. He already plays drums, but that would be really cool. Um, and I thought, nah, not bass, not bass. That's kind of lame. And then one day I picked up a bass and I fell in love and it was, it was there. It was, I was a bassist. Um, so for the longest I played bass, swore I would never do like most bassists and get hooked on acoustic guitar. And that's, Exactly what happened about a year and a half later, uh, about halfway through high school, I just started singing, kind of just started doing some stuff at church, um, segued from bass more to guitar, stuff with my youth group, um, and just kind of progressed from there, learned how, I already knew how to read music, so I got better at it through jazz band in school, through uh, reading music in church a lot. Um, you'll probably hear that about a lot of musicians who are just growing up into it, you know, church was a big deal. Uh, it's, I think it was great because it was regular. It was every single week, a performance, a real live performance in front of people. And so it kind of helped with that performance anxiety quite a bit, just all around for anything. So now getting up in front of people and talking and being myself is not a thing at all. I, I completely enjoy it. Um, so public speaking, you know, I do a little bit of that as well. And uh, it's, I don't know, I used to have it. I used to have that anxiety. Everyone has it. You know, I'd, even in a huge band setting in sixth grade, when you're playing your beginner concert for Christmas and your parents are there and you're like, oh, no, I hope I don't miss it wrong. No, it's okay. There's 80 other kids. <laughs> right. Do but, you remember the first instrument you played? 
the first instrument I played before trombone yeah. would have been the recorder. And when was this? Uh, fourth grade. Fourth grade. Fourth grade. Yeah. Man, you've been doing this a long time. Uh, How old are you now? Right now, I'm 27. I'll 27. 28 in October. Hey, happy birthday in advance. So, thank you. Thank you. That's a ways <laughs> away, but I appreciate it. I'll keep, I'll keep that in my pocket and pull it out when the day comes. Uh, so, yeah. And that was that was pretty much my high school career right there in a bag. So after high school, were you in a band? Uh, I was kind of try always trying to start a band from time to time. You know, I, I started off in a little metal band. I mean, it was hard metal. Hard. Yeah, my parents came to my first show, and it was it was a big deal. You know that they were supportive. I look back now, and it was, it was my little emo stage, as everybody <laughs> calls it. Uh, so that was that was something. So you wore black or black? Uh, I think it was more of a black. Yeah, but you, yeah. You will go along those lines. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was. That was my phase. That was my phase until I think about my senior year. I kind of straightened up. I realized, oh, I'm a drum major. I'm a leader in front of people, and that was a big, a big thing to me too. Um, you know, I went to a leadership camp and kind of got schooled on just how to work with people and how to put yourself last and put others first. You know, a leader is a servant, and that's it's kind of been a big driving force in everything I do in my workplace. Uh, whether I have a title or not, it's just kind of become a big part of my identity and who I am and how I work uh, in my career and otherwise. The leadership, was that in a religious thing? Uh, partly. I mean, I was kind of revered as somewhat of a leader in my youth group. Again, no title or anything, but people um, would kind of put me up in that little position. Sometimes say, hey, you know, I think Ryan would be good for this. Ryan would be good for that. And uh, so I, I didn't I didn't ever want to let people down. And that was my thing. I've always been deathly afraid of, of disappointing someone or hurting someone. It's just not my thing, you know. <laughs> uh, it seems like so, a lot of artists are like that. that, that yeah. That they're stuck in their own heads. Where I've gotten a little ooh. more hardened over the years, somewhat jaded, I guess you could say. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not cold by any means, but um, yeah, you know, you just come to learn things about life as you go on and everything is a certain way, so. Uh, you kind of just have to roll with the punches on that, you know. True enough. True yeah, enough. Yeah. So after high school, what, what did you go to college? college. Or? I went to Northwestern State University, not to be confused with Northwestern University. Where's that at? It is in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Um, Etoile. Yeah, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't proclaim that often. So you guys listening today, it's a little piece of information that I like to withhold from most conversations. <laughs> uh, well, now you've told the world. I've told the world. It's out there. It's there. Um, no, it's a nice little town to visit if you want to go down for the weekend for the Festival of Lights in December. It's a beautiful thing on Front Street. You know, rent a bed and breakfast for the weekend. It's great. But uh, I, I lived there for two years. And yeah, you know, it's just a commentary for another time, maybe. <laughs> what part of Louisiana? Natchitoches. It's uh, northwestern. Natchitoches. It's more, I'd say it's about halfway between Shreveport and um, I just lost it. Nah. Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Yeah, I, I've blanked out parts of that in my brain if you if you can't notice i got a friend that's a spanish teacher out in baton rouge at lsu i believe if, they, if that's where, where it's yeah, at. i've been there and done that it's rough it's rough down there if rough not, yeah if you well if you go to one of their football games and you're not one of them if you're not an lsu tiger whew, you're not wearing the right colors you're gonna get it yeah yeah well the marching band they had i will say this nsu had a phenomenal marching band sure 300 strong i mean 25 tubas something along those lines every year is that a lot 
It yeah yeah it's a huge huge sound coming off of that football field. Showing my ignorance, I I don't know what a big marching band oh would goodness. be. It's a big. I mean, in high school, a big marching band is probably 150 200 people. Um, this is a college marching band of 300 uh, most of the time, and it was it was really really cool. So we went to uh, LSU one game as like a scrimmage. Obviously, we weren't in the same division. Uh, We played them and totally got it handed to us. I'm I'm just going to throw that out there. It got handed to us pretty hard. Our football team wasn't too great. But uh, the marching band went and played for the halftime show. You can actually find the performance on YouTube. Uh, 9, 10, 11 was the date. Uh, Now, you were the drum major in that? I was not the drum major in college. Um, No, I, I never really got too much into marching band where I wanted to pursue it in college. Uh, I had thought about it pretty heavily a few times, but never, never really sat well with me because I I enjoyed marching band to an extent, but it wasn't my full passion. You know, Um, I always liked doing music more for music's sake, other than entertaining a football crowd. Uh, That's just kind of my thing. I'm not, you know, against marching band. I think it's totally cool. Sure. Um, Side note, Muse just put out their latest album. They had they Muse? recorded Muse. Yeah, they recorded one of their tracks with uh, the UCLA marching band, and that's fantastic. I think that's a great idea, a cool thing to do to incorporate you know marching band into pop or rock music, indie, however you describe. Muse. No, I like when ba- <laughs> I like when bands do that. I think Metallica did a symphony, and, oh, and a lot so of cool. them have done. It's super cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I always love branching out and bringing different types of music together and kind of uh, fusing them in different ways. Um, so that, that's always been a cool thing. Um, but so, yeah, marching band didn't really turn out for me. Uh, I was in Louisiana for two years. At this time, my, uh, during my senior year and beginning, first year in college, my parents were going through their divorce. And so that was kind of a, a rough time for me and then uh, got through that moved back home i did not complete college in louisiana um so i moved back home with my dad and went through a couple jobs and started working at my old school district as a substitute teacher and adjunct band teacher and found that i really really loved it the teachers were all you know just uh enjoying my work and everything that i was doing with the students the students and i ended up working pretty well together i feel um, and so I thought, man, I, I really enjoy this, and I think I could have a good job in the future in this when I, if I go get my degree and come back home. So uh, at this point, going back to college was like getting in a car after a yeah. wreck, a really bad wreck. Yeah. It's just terrifying. And so I thought, man, if I'm going to do it, I have to go somewhere. I know that I'm going to feel comfortable. I'm going to feel secure. I'm going to feel safe. Well, my brother had been living here for quite a while. What year was this? Uh, 2014 is when I moved here. So I had been in Louisiana for two years, back home in Texarkana for two years, and then I moved here in 2014. Graduated in 2010, so the math works out. <laughs> yes. Um, so 2014, I moved here to Conway. My brother was here. Uh, one of my sisters was li- living here at the time, and the other one had lived here, um, and now lives with here with me currently. Okay. Um. And so I liked Conway. I liked UCA. It all seemed pretty comfortable to me. And so I came here, I uh, participated in the marching band for a year uh, What's or cool? one semester here at UCA. Oh, UCA. I mean, it's not the only school here in town. Oh, no, by, <laughs> not by any means. Um, and they're all great schools. Sure. Uh, and you went big, to the big one. I went to the big one. Yep. And I, I met a lot of cool people. I enjoyed my time. But 
once again found, man, this is really not the route for me. I always thought if I went to school, got a music education degree or just any kind of music degree, I could do whatever I wanted with music and I'd be happy. No matter what I ended up doing, as long as I'm doing music for the rest of my life, I'm going to be happy. Um, but it wasn't enough. I always thought I was pretty fortunate that I knew what I wanted to do, but that wasn't enough. And I still suffered because of that, because of a little bit of a lack of preparation on my part, I'd say, you know, not, not just having much of a vision of what I really, really, really wanted to do. Sure. Um, and so I would kind of been into the idea of building and repairing guitars because I really enjoyed playing, especially acoustic at the time. Um, I was getting into several finger style artists. And so it was um, a thing with me. I was really getting into working with my hands. I've always loved working with wood, uh, carpentry, stuff like that. It's always just been a thing with mine. I love working on my vehicles, working around the house. Is this so something it, you just picked of, up or is this something uh, you go to school for? This is about working on guitars. Working on guitars. So yeah. uh, usually a lot of people will go to school for it, but... Um, a lot of people as well will learn on the job, just sure on the job experience. And so what they did with me here, well, it was at a, down, down the road at a different location, but what they did with me when it was Preston Palmer studios. Uh, so I was going to UCA and this is kind of the pivot point for me and everything. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't work. Classes weren't working out for me. I was having to work all the time and I'm, I'm just kind of getting in this low down rut. And I thought, man, I can't, I can't go back to this again, the way it was in Louisiana. I can't get depressed. I can't get down and get defeated. I have to, I, I just, I know this is not the route that I need. This is not the path I need to be on. So I need to figure out what it is. I need to just go with it. And so I thought, I want to work on guitars. And I took my bass once to this place called Preston Palmer Studios. Perfect. And I loved it. They worked on my guitar. They do all kinds of work there. So I, I called them. I decided I'm going to call them and I'm going to ask if they have an opening for an apprenticeship. And they, if they say no, guess what? I'm going to call back next week. And then the next week. And they're, I'm going to, they're going to get the point. If they keep saying no, they're going to eventually say yes or give me something. Um, first time I called. First time. You know, I made this decision. What am I going to do? With my afternoon, I'm free. I don't have class. I don't have anything to do. I could play video games. I could play my guitar. I could be lazy, do whatever. Right. I'm going to make that call. First time I talked to Bear and I asked him the question, do you have an opening for an apprenticeship? Sure. He said, he asked me a few simple questions. Um, he said, okay, meet with me tomorrow. I met with him. We talked a little more. He said, okay, come back Monday, meet with Preston. Came back, met with Preston. Okay, I started an apprenticeship. I did not get paid of for course, the first yeah. little while, and I agreed to this, um, and I'm okay with this to this day, and I think it's the way it, it should be. I mean, I was learning for free. Otherwise, I'd have to pay thousands and thousands of dollars to go to a school, a trade school, and learn this and still have to learn a different way when I got a, an actual job at a real shop, uh, however they like to do it. So here I am. Um, I'm under apprenticeship of Brandon Allen East at Preston Palmer Studios learning how to restring guitars and clean. A lot of cleaning, dusting, uh, crude work, but it was what I needed. It was what I wanted. It was where I wanted to be, and it it paid off in the end, and here I am. Uh, so that well, was 20. Let me, let me back that up, okay. because apprentice equals learning. That is a great attitude. Yeah. Because a lot of people think that interns, wow, they don't get paid. It's like slave labor. I can't believe you're doing that. Well, you are going to school mm -hmm. of sorts. They do it on radio. I know I went to, to radio school 
and I learned a little bit, but I never learned as much as I as going into the radio station right. and actually doing the job over and over and over again. So you have a great attitude about that, and I want people to know that intern does not is not a bad thing. Well, and what I would like people to know, Dan, is that. College is a great thing. Um, it's an awesome opportunity we have here in America to get a higher education and something uh, specific, something that requires it. You know, if you're going to be in the medical field, you need a specific degree for that that ensures that you know enough to be working on someone's body, you know, to hold someone's life in your hands. Um, and that's just an, an example. If you're going to into any kind of public service, I feel like you need the certification or degree that is required to go into that. But not everything requires that. And I don't want anybody to feel like you have to go to college. Um, if, but you need, what you need to do is really, uh, especially kids in high school right now, please think about what you're going to do. Think about it right now. You don't have time. <laughs> you got to figure it oh, out. Yeah. You gotta, and it's not, it's not just so much finding your passion. It's deciding sometimes. You, know, you just decide, make a decision. I want to be good at this. And you put everything you've got into it. And so I, I made this conscious decision when I was young. Um, I knew when I was in eighth grade, music was it for me. And here I am still here. I made a conscious decision that I would rather be, I would, I would be so much happier homeless on the street corner with my guitar than living in a mansion and never have time. Uh, you got that music. right. Well, the word artist uh, very often is preceded by starving. <laughs> <laughs> well, and fortunately, I, I landed this job. I sure. worked hard, um, and I worked. I was working other jobs as well while I was doing this apprenticeship. I did not come on full time until um, what was it, October of 2016? It was the same month that we. Uh, I, no, it was. I think it was a year after we bought the store here. So it was 2017. Yeah, October so 2017. Full disclosure: We are transmitting. We are doing this podcast at. Palmer Music Company oh, yeah. in Sorry, Conway, Arkansas. Yeah, I definitely want to give them a big shout out for letting them use our room, letting us use their room here. Yeah, Preston seems he's really, really good about that. If uh, if if you're a pretty responsible individual and uh, know how to take care of just a space, you know. <laughs> so uh, Preston's been great to work for over these past several years. Um, I couldn't ask for a better boss. I mean, he's the guy. Who owns the place has his name on the building, but you will see him picking up trash in the parking lot. If there's a roof leak, he's on top of the roof figuring it out. I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. He no, good that. boss is a leader. He that's for sure. That. And so, and again, that's a big thing with me is leadership. I look for that. I look for that in other people because if I'm going to lead people, I want someone worth following. I need someone to follow. And to me, he is that. Um, in fact, I feel like we've got pretty good leadership here all around. Um, so every, each one of them, you know, they're all human. So they have their strengths and weaknesses. There's everyday stresses in a job like this. I mean, it is hard. It is difficult, but I would rather be nowhere else than right here at Palmer music in Conway, Arkansas, doing what I do, serving our community, making musicians and, um, making my parents proud, you know, they're, they're happy. And that makes me happy, uh, to see that I'm succeeding and doing what I want to do without a college degree. Um, get, get this, guys. I tried it. I tried it. I went for the degree and realized it was not what I needed. It was not what I wanted. Um, and I ended up with my dream job right here. Um, and so I ended up getting opportunities to play in certain places. 
met with Mr. Keys Dan, and here we are having a little podcast. <laughs> yeah, big shout out to Palmer Music in Conway, Arkansas. Let's back up a little bit. Uh, sure. The first time I did meet you was over at the Black Earth Art Studios. Oh yeah, great. Place. And you were doing a a, a a music showcase with a few other mm-hmm. artists, and unfortunately, it seems like the Black Earth is closed down. Sadly, mm. I hope it comes open uh, once again in another. Instance or so, but you were playing primarily a lot of '90s music, mm-hmm. and you did mention earlier that you liked the music that mixed genres, mm-hmm. and the '90s was definitely big time for that. You'd had a lot of metal with rap and country with rap, and it seemed like a lot with rap. Something there was with a lot rap. of rap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was quite a bit of that. They always tried to ended up mixing it in. Early 2000s, you know, you got Lincoln Park and everything coming about, so we got even more of that. But, uh, man, I'm not even afraid to tell you, I, I was a big Bagstreet Boys fan. I'm not mad at kid. you. No, man. Uh, I'm not mad at you. Boy hey, bands will, are wonderful. Hey, I will tell you straight up any day, anywhere, Backstreet Boys, they, I mean, they were legit. So that's the side musicians. you fell on. That was the side, yeah. No. <laughs> Couldn't roll with NSYNC. I was it, yeah, it was NSYNC and, and the Backstreet Boys. Mm-hmm. And you had Britney and the Christina Aguilera. And then the, they tried to put the battles. And before that, of course, it was Biggie and Tupac. You yep, know? So yep. you tried my, to, my girlfriend claims to, uh, to like both. I, I, don't, I don't buy that. But <laughs> <laughs> Hey, JT's doing good, man. Oh, uh, hey, I, lo- I love him as an actor. Don't get me wrong. He's a great actor. And, I mean, no, he's doing great these days. He is for real. Uh, quite admirable. So. Uh, he shows up on SNL and people lose their minds. Oh, man. He's great. He's hilarious. <laughs> Ryan. Uh, so, all right. Backing all the way up to the beginning. In Texarkana, where you were born, uh, how's the family life? Mom and dad situation? Mom and dad, uh, we're all great at this point. You know, we were a pretty close-knit family. I'm, I'm in the middle of five. Five. Two older brothers. Two Go older mom sisters. and dad. Yeah. So pretty close wait, say, uh, say it again. Two older, two older brothers, two younger sisters, two younger yep. sisters. Uh, I have three nieces and an adopted nephew. Uh, Wowie, yeah, yeah, and it's just counting. It's just, it's just going on. So, how was it being the middle kid? Oh man, I, I mean, of course, I, my perspective it was going to be the worst. So, <laughs> um, I, you could, I could be the oldest, and I told you the same thing. Come on, Cindy uh, Brady. <laughs> no. I don't know. You got your older brothers bossing you around. You got two younger sisters. You're responsible for how much worse can it get? Unless you just add to that. <laughs> yeah. Were you very protective of the sisters? Uh, growing up, I mean, as we got older, yeah, yeah. A lot of the time didn't really have to be. It was a kind of a small town. Were, a lot of people were pretty respectful, but you know, if it came to it, yeah, yeah, definitely. And my older brothers would do the same for me as well and they protected you as well yes. so you're you're all tight-knit yeah and you say you're living so, with one of the brothers right sister the the, young, oh you live in the sister the youngest sister yep and my baby niece very cool and that's okay that's cool so texarkana with the trombone you were all states so you you do you like to yeah i guess everybody likes to succeed in what they do and and be the best at what they can what they want to be um What's your, your primary instrument right now? I would say guitar. Um, I lead worship at a church as well here in town. And, Which church? Uh, Grace United Methodist was there this morning. Grace United. Oh, yeah. Shout out. Uh, great daycare there. Great people. I just feel really welcome, loved. And every, it's just really pretty down to earth. I feel like I'm with regular people from outside of church, just in a church building. So it's pretty neat. I like it. Um, definitely one of my favorite things about church uh, is the, the fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. For that's sure. It, that's it. Uh, so I, I just can't find myself staying away, but I lead worship there. So I, I do a little piano, but mostly guitar. Uh, 
um, and singing as well. So I don't have, uh, from there I was playing bass regularly at First Baptist here in town before I got uh, the position at Grace United. <clears throat> so they have a band of sorts? Yes, we have a little praise team, mm-hmm, as we call it. And what do they call it? Praise team. Praise team. Yeah, praise team. team. Now, do they play throughout the service? Uh, yeah, we'll play a few songs here, one one or two there. Um, usually on any given Sunday, I think we're doing five songs right now, and that's kind of about the going rate, four to five, sometimes three if it's a shorter service, or if it's an Easter or Christmas, something, of course, you'll lengthen it out and do it a little bit more. Um, now, is it a preacher or a priest? or, or It's a preacher. A yeah. Preacher, mm-hmm. and then he'll... He'll lead it. Are you? Will, will you start off with a song? Yeah, we generally start off with a little welcome announcement, a song. Uh, we'll get up, you know, we'll have children's time, and then a little bit more music. Preacher comes up about, I'd say, two-thirds of the way through, does his little bit for about 20 minutes. We come up, do one more song, have a prayer, and we're released, and we all go about. So uh, I came from a Baptist background, and I feel sure. like the Methodists way of doing things is pretty close to Baptist. And so it's not too strange to me. Not that I'm uh, really a bigot of one way or the other. <laughs> anyway, right. So I try to be generally pretty accepting and understanding of people's backgrounds and where they come from. Um, and to me, it's, it's about the people that are there. And for the most part, I think I agree with a lot of things with their uh, theology. Uh, a few things that are small, it's not, not worth really arguing over, you know, yeah, the fellowship is that's definitely I run the gambit uh, uh, on religion and, and such. And and um, the, one of the things that I enjoyed was definitely the people, you know, the fellowship. Yeah. But they start some of them start to get judgmental and you're like, it oh, happens. I've seen you it know. firsthand. I have. I have. Judge not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Preaching to the choir here. <laughs> right. Right. So. All right. Um, other than well, you build guitars here at Palmer. Uh, we haven't been into any building okay. recently. It's okay. been a minute, I think, since we've done any kind of commission work. Uh, right now, I think we have one back there where uh, we've been working on for a little while. It's kind of a, a long-term build for somebody. Um, you know, we have a body that's been cut and rounded. And now we got to route it and do the finish on it and all that good stuff. So it's it's in the beginning of stages. Um, but we do mostly repairs and that's what you're going to have more so than anything. So have you built guitars on your own? I mean, previous to Palmer? I have uh, a, a little bit of experience building. Yeah. I haven't made it all the way through finished one yet. Ah, is that yeah. a project? Are you in the middle of one now? Uh, I've, I say I'm in the middle one. I haven't touched it in quite some time. I'm so preoccupied with repairs. I'm going to be honest right. on that. Right. Um, but I think repairs have really prepared me uh, for building because now i know a lot of the corners that you can't cut i know a lot of the things you're looking for that you need to get right uh and so i'm kind of glad that i haven't finished building one yet because i want my first one to turn out really really good and i I think at this point it probably won't be my best ever but i think it would be the best that it could be uh given what i've learned thus far in my years of training here at palmer doing repairs and such you do strive for success you see that you want your first one to be the best it can be <laughs> but you know you could just put a box with some strings on it oh and, yeah and, oh and, we get those and maybe it, maybe well, it's here, not great but it's the little, first one well, and here's what i have done i've taken some of my older guitars that i've had for i took a uh perfect example uh squire stratocaster sure that i bought from somebody I have back one. in high school don't know how to play it but i, I have one i bought it for 60 bucks yep. and my dad said oh you bought a guitar that doesn't work because <laughs> the, the, the electronics didn't work in it and so i just i never played it 
Sure. Never happened. Uh, but I kept it forever and ever and ever. And I brought it in here and bear said, Oh, you should do this and you should do that and put this stuff in it and do this on it. And I did every last bit of what he suggested. Well, we'll so back up. Ba- put what on it? Oh, put, put, what can I do to All fix right. my squire? All right. And then learn how to play it. You want the deets, Dan. <laughs> yeah. You want the details. I do. All righty, man. So here's what we did. I took everything off of it. Sure. I took all the hardware. I replaced the hardware. I replaced the tuners. I replaced the bridge, the saddles uh, to be American parts. You know, you've got your stamped steel that says Fender on the saddles. You've so got, is Squire not an American product? No, it's not. An Ooh, American. okay. No. Now I know. Uh, in fact, in Fender, you have uh, kind of three different levels. I mean, you have more. I think Fender has a Chinese factory as well, but generally you're going to have Japanese mexican and u.s made sure uh and they're going to kind of rank in that order so you have japanese which are uh, the 90s they had some pretty good japanese ones especially the squires there is a certain little term where they were really great um and so you've got your japanese made then a little bit better quality better parts better uh consistency quality control Mm -hmm. uh the mexican made and then the absolute best is the u.s made of course nothing's perfect so um but when you have a pretty decent guitar that has good which bones, a squire is not it it can be oh it, it can I mean, be okay it kind of depends on the individual guitar and was it made on a friday yeah <laughs> so i mean it, it, really 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 if the frets aren't leveled the uh, correctly or if something on the neck is just wrong or you know the pocket is routed off and you know there's just something to be off something that could be wrong with the guitar the bones the structure of it uh now with electrics you're chancing a whole lot less there's a lot more you can fix on an electric than an acoustic to okay. change the sound quality and everything uh so i took this squire Sure. Kept the neck and the body, mm-hmm. took all the hardware off of it, replaced all of it. Clusen tuners, stamp steel saddles, uh, some local made pickups, all single coils. Um, I put a gold anodized pick guard on it. I color matched the headstock, like sanded it down, color matched it, the candy apple red to the body, and put a finger decal on it, clear coated over that. And uh, so it looks like a fender. It would fool somebody unless they really know. Um, I understood about three of those words, so that was pretty good. Yeah, I, hey. no, I have a, a purple squire. It's sitting at the house. Sure, I bought it in one of those kits that's like one hundred and fifty bucks. Now over at a uh, a, a place that will be not named while we're sitting in Palmer Music Company. <laughs> 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 but I, it was in one of those little packs, and it came with a uh, strings and a and a tuner sure. and, and a uh, an a, an amp, so I could listen to it while I was playing. And I learned three chords mm-hmm. uh, from a doctor that I was working with. And funny, you said uh, interns during the internship, the medical field. I was an EMT for a while. So, nice. yeah, I know about in- internships in the medical field where you have to go off and do crazy things mm. uh, for free. Oh, <laughs> for free. I'm learning. I'm learning. Why am I wiping? No, no. I'm learning stuff. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And then I, I have a uh, an Ibanez 120 as well. Don't know how to play that one either. Yeah. You know, so the same three chords I can play on on both of those. There you go. And then my grandmother bought me an Esteban. She was on the uh, Home Shopping Network, and she goes, "Oh, I think Donnie would like this one." Uh, she's Cuban, by the way, so I'm not making fun. Of, uh, I, I am making fun of her accent. <laughs> I think Donnie would like this one. I we will buy her buy him an Esteban. So she got me an Esteban. I still have it. Hey. So three three guitars, and maybe I should come into Palmer and learn how to play them. 
possibly. That sounds great. That sounds great. <laughs> so back to uh, <laughs> back to building and and modifying. So even a less expensive guitar can be made into a more expensive guitar. So money wise, what would it cost to all those modifications oh, that you did? Well, it's going to depend on uh, if you're going to try to get all the top quality parts like I did. You're really wanting to go all in. Uh, you're probably looking for five hundred dollars after parts and labor, really everything together. The pickups are a big part of it. You know that that's going to cost you a couple hundred by itself. Electronics, wiring it up. Um, of course, I didn't charge myself any labor. I did that all, all on my own time. What you uh, need to charge yourself that way um, your account, you yeah. know, can, it's tax time. Oh, you know? okay. okay. <laughs> no, but uh, it, what would what's the difference between buying that and just a regular Fender? Uh, well, if I were here, here's the way I put it to people. I don't Please. really, I don't, I used to think middle of the road was great, you know, and I've kind of come to change, shift my position a little bit. I still think middle of the road is great for certain scenarios. If you see yourself as like a, a local gigging musician, but you don't really see yourself going big, you're not trying to get the, be the best or get the best sound. Sure. You just enjoy it. And it's kind of what you do on the side. Uh, I would go probably mid-range. But if you really, really enjoy looking for that perfect crisp tone, you know, um, and you just want the absolute best quality sound that you can get, then you go top tier. If you're a beginner, you go with the lower tier. Now, with me, the way I tell people is that uh, if you're if you're a real musician and you're mm-hmm. wanting the absolute best, and I say either go for the top buy it make sure you play it make sure everything's perfect everything's exactly the way you want it before you buy it and then buy that and leave it alone get it set up properly but don't change anything because it's great it's probably great the way it is or you know you may kind of do a couple little upgrades some modifications maybe change out some of the pots that's fine but you know don't change don't go overhaul it because it's great as it is that's why you paid so much money for it sure but um, if you want to modify something and totally make it your own and customize it and right. not feel bad about stripping the paint or uh, like on my Squire, I relicked it. So, you know, I beat it up. I'd have customers come in and I'd say, oh, hey, hey, take my screwdriver real quick or uh, pick a tool. Do me yeah. a favor and hit this. And nah. What? What? Yeah. No, just whack it for me. You <laughs> want a hammer? That'll, that'll work too. Uh, no, really. I, I don't feel bad about it. It's a Squire. I, Kind of sanded uh, through the paint in a couple places on purpose. Sure. Uh, and found out it's plywood. Hey. So, hey, I mean, it's great. But, I mean, it's super light. It gets a, an incredible tone when you plug it in. I run it through my box. Oh, my goodness. It shreds. I think it's incredible. What's the Vox? Uh, oh, the, the Vox amp. It's I have a Vox Night Train. Sure. 15-watt tube amp. Gets an incredibly awesome, clean tone to it. Uh, a little bit of crunch. Just the way I like it. Um and See, so I'm learning all these terms right here as we speak. This we, is the whole reason I do this. And we carry Vox here at the store. Uh, we don't we don't stock the night train, but we do have an EC15, which is pretty comparable. Um, but the night train, so you know, if you want one, you could we could definitely order. Uh, I think it's about like an eight hundred dollar amp, something like that is what I spent on it. Um, but you get what you pay for. Oh my goodness, and I never have regretted it. Right, it right. The most incredible amp I think I've ever played on. So going back um, to this Fender, once you upgraded everything top of the top of the line mm-hmm. what what is it worth uh it's probably worth about the pickups and uh the parts that i put into it plus just you know the guitar as a whole because if it if it were still a squire i could probably resell it to somebody for 50 or 60 bucks right um 
but seeing all the parts, the pickups, the fact that I did all the work on it, I could probably sell it for, I don't know, maybe 200. So as far as monetary, so you put resale, 500 in and you can sell it for 200. Well, it's not about resale value here. Okay. You know? Okay. Now right we're here. talking. Um, well, and that, that's kind of the thing too. You gotta, uh, you kind of got to weigh your expenses and your, your profits there. But you're learning a skill is what you're attempting to do here. Well, yeah. Is, is and see, I didn't put 500 into it because I, I did the work myself and I did the, sure. I did the labor. Oh, so parts. What so was, what was parts? parts were probably, I want to say, I think I did paid, paid around 200 for everything altogether. Oh, okay. All so, right. um, and you got the guitar you wanted and I got the guitar I wanted. Yeah, if I, if I were to turn around and sell it, I'd probably ask, you know, three to start out with. But, uh, I mean, honestly, it's not going to go for a whole lot because it doesn't have an official good resale value. It's kind of sure. like an old silver tone or an old guild. They're not valuable, but people like them. People like to have them. Um, I have a $500 value pair of inner monitors. Sure. Custom molded, so they're perfectly useless. Perfect for your ears. And perfectly useless for anyone else. You got that right. So, you know, it's it's one of those things It's that guitar I will never never sell. It's been mine okay. for a long time. It's and you're playing that out out on oh the yeah road. You play, oh, yeah I'll, play, I'll play that one for sure and I'll beat it up and I don't care how much how beat up it gets because I already did that. You know that's what it's for. First um, time I dropped my Ibanez and got a little chip out of the paint. I was <laughs> so sad. However, I did hundred dollar guitar and I did just recently buy an American Telecaster one that okay. uh, we bought and it was just a neck and a body and we did I did all the wiring and put all the hardware and everything into it. And I thought, man, this is the perfect Telecaster that I've ever, that I've always wanted. Why don't I just take this home myself? And so I, I put some money down on it. I've been paying on it. It's mine. <laughs> now, what's the difference between a, I know the difference look-wise between a, a Telecaster mm-hmm. and a Stratocaster. Look-wise, why are they two different? A lot of them, uh, a lot of it's going to be in the electronics, the way the pickups are wound, the way the configuration is and everything. The wood that they're typically made out of and the style of music that they're catered towards. Um, so Stratocaster is going to be really, really good for rock and blues. Gotcha. Telecaster is kind of your country, blues, uh, bluegrassy type of guitar, twangy sound. It's known for its twang. Um, but it doesn't stop at country. I mean, it's a really versatile instrument. But I've been finding since I got my Telecaster and playing it with my band um, that there's not always... What band is that? Skies and Fire. Skies mm-hmm. and Fire? Yes. And you play around Arkansas? We are kind of... We're we're about to start gigging. Yeah, we're uh, about to bust out of the, out of the music room. Oh, so this is a brand new band. Uh, somewhat. I mean, we've kind of... We've been under the name of skies and fire for a while i've been with several different musicians and so i'm kind of the the main skies and fire that's in in the group as far as original members but this is all new members um and we haven't in fact one of them is the original guy that was with me back in high school when we came up with the name uh in high school in tech Tarkana? yeah yeah Did and, he, he, and he moved up here he lives in little rock what yeah yeah. One of my best friends. This state is this big. Oh, I'll tell man. you, it's little. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's really small. And so he's my drummer now. Who's your drummer? His name is Daniel Zaliski. Shout out, bro. Daniel Zaliski. Yeah, very good. Yeah. And, and who are the other members in the band? Or, or is it a, is it an official lineup yet? Oh, it's pretty official at this point. Um, that's a big thing. We've had a lot of member shifts, but I think this is a really really solid group, and we're about to uh, we're about to finally bust out. By the way, anybody want to look into schedule somebody for about an hour set? We got that right now. Show them um, how to tell me how to do it. 
Uh, yeah, so you can contact me on via Facebook, Ryan Hinman. Uh, you can get my phone number from there. Very good. So who are the other members of the band? You've got uh, Daniel, Daniel Zaliski on Zaliski drums. on drums. You've got Ben Scacia. That's S-C-A-C-C-I-A. <laughs> Skaxia. Yeah, okay. And yeah. what is he playing? He is the bassist, and man, he thumps. Bass. I'm telling you. And, and Ryan, you're, I'm guessing you're lead? I'm lead vocals. Vocals, too? Oh, I'm okay. lead vocals and rhythm guitar. Dig it. And then who else? We have uh, Clay Sanders. And what does he do? He's lead guitar. Lead backup guitar. vocals. Very cool. Well, we'll talk more about how to and then we find... Oh, please, yeah. Oh, we more? got one more. We got a keyboard player. What? Anthony Beck. Anthony Beck yeah. on keyboards. Local boy. So, all right. And all, all from... Little Rock, Conway area. Uh, a little, a little bit. I uh, Ben is from Florida. Clay's the newest addition. I think he's. I'm from Miami. From yeah, yeah. I think he, uh, he's from. Uh, he's from Disney World area. Yeah. I lived in Orlando for a little while. Yeah. Uh, so he was down there around Christmas. And then we've got uh, Clay. I want to say he's from around here. I, I, he's kind of the newest addition, and so I'm still learning him. But he's he's really a great guy. He's been working here at the store as well. He's performing real great. Um, so top notch, top notch. And then Daniel Zaliski, he's, uh, kind of from Arkansas, you know, his mom's side and then his dad is from Texarkana. Uh, so that's how I knew him. We met in fifth grade and we've been friends ever since. And, uh, then you've got Anthony who is local. And so he grew up here doing originals or covers Anthony. Oh, us. We do a little bit of both. I was going to say Anthony is doing a. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no originals. Are, no, are you guys doing? Originals? Yeah, we right now we're kind of we're generally doing covers, getting started off, uh, getting our name out there. But we we toss in a few originals, and we're doing about eighty percent, twenty percent, kind of around there. Covers to originals that is, and then what I would like to do is in the future shift to eighty twenty the other way. Yes, and get to where we're doing more festivals, more stuff that's actually pushing us as an original band kind of gigs you thinking about doing uh well right now we're just kind of playing around in uh venues like uh you know taylor's made cafe down the road definitely do you do that outside there with the uh oh yeah the big shane, screen behind you there yeah shane uh shane and i have known each other for a couple of years now and he's a great guy they run a great establishment there um and so it's always a fun crowd uh we've played at tc's before a while back different lineup and uh, played one time, just a short little open mic, a couple songs over at King's. So, you know, we, we like playing in places like that where the crowd's going to be pretty open to listening to music. Uh, and by the way, for those that are listening outside, that's, that's in the Conway, Arkansas area, all these places that he's mentioning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe I should specify. Nah, that. no worries. Just, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to start here in Conway. I think we've got some good uh, opportunities, some good doors open for us. And we're going to branch out from there. I mean, go to Little Rock. I'd like to go to Fayetteville. I'd like to go as far as our feet will take us. So, or, you know, a bus, a tour bus would be nice. I'd rather not walk, but. No, that's. Uh, <laughs> I, hey, all you need is a guitar strapped to your back and you can go uh, make a couple bucks. That's pretty much it. That's make your living, it. I suppose. Yeah. I've seen people walking down the street just yeah. like that. To uh, totally. Yeah. I saw a guy yesterday. I thought, there's one. There's a musician, man. Living it. And he's just a musician. Just that's a musician. it. He yeah. had that dream when he was when he was younger, like you did. I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, some people may be driving down the road and think, "Oh, a homeless guy with a guitar," but something like that. And maybe you don't think that. Uh, so I'm not trying to accuse anybody, but 
you know, I think that's a beautiful thing. Someone who's, uh, you know, they've lost everything materialistically, maybe. Sure. But as long as they have that guitar or they've got that beat in their head, that's all that they, that they need to keep them going, to keep their heart beating, to keep their feet moving until they make it on to the next best thing. Yeah, I got my cousin Timmy down in in Fort Lauderdale does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Just straps a guitar to his back and goes bar to bar. Yep. You, you, need, you want me to play? Yep. You know, a couple bucks, you know, give me some, you know, food or whatever. Right. And that's that's a life. That's yeah. what he likes to do. Some people are just like that and you got to hand it to him. I mean, I couldn't do it. I couldn't live live that way. However, I mean, I always accepted that if I were going to be a full-time musician, I'd have to work really hard at it. And I'd have to do more than just one thing. I'd have to be multifaceted. And I want every musician out there to know that you do have to be multifaceted. I mean, if you're really, really big and trying to push your, your actual music, you know, you, you can't just be good at the music. You've got to learn the production side of things. You've got to learn the business side of things. You've got to be a good person. You've got to be easy to deal with, you know, sure. Guys in the industry aren't going to work with you. If you're just a total rude jerk, I mean, they're, they're going to, just bounce you off and replace you with someone else. Everyone's replaceable. So, I mean, you've got to be multifaceted. So for me, uh, I knew that I was not going to make money enough money to live on just playing music and Mm. selling it and trying to push my band, my name. Um, I knew I would be homeless if that were going to be my route. And so I knew that I would have to branch out and do other things. So, uh, for a long time I had other jobs. I've worked in restaurants. I've worked as a groundskeeper, picking up trash. Uh, you know, I've cleaned bathrooms, washed dishes. I've done what it took to, uh, to get by, to pay my bills and to understand that I'm not above any type of hard work, any type, you know, and no one is when you really get down to it and you're just being honest with yourself, no one's above that. And, there's a certain amount of enjoyment to actually be had when you're in the middle of a job like that. And you've come to terms with that fact that I'm not above this. In fact, right. I should be very happy to be here in the rain, picking up trash, soaking wet, yes. you know, because I, I get to go home on my lunch break or at the end of this and put on some dry clothes, take a shower and call it a good day. I too have had Benny Joe jobs. A collection of hairnets and name tags Ooh. is in my drawer, and I think it's good for us. I think I think young people should definitely just get out there, get a job. I don't care if it's McDonald's. Yeah. Don't ask for fifteen an hour. Just get a job. Yeah, and move. Keep looking. Keep looking for the next best thing. Yeah, just I know on. here in Conway, and I guess around the state, it, it, we do have panhandlers that that are around, and I I wonder about them, I, but. You know, I can't judge. Yeah. I don't know what their situation that's, that's is. The What's thing. their deal? Right, right. Why are they standing on that corner begging for money? And that's always on the daily? my thing too, Dan. I mean, I, I see them all about and it bothers me. It bothers me for two reasons. One, that there shouldn't be this massive epidemic of homelessness sure. in our country. Um, and that, that that's definitely a topic for another time. No, you know, that it I could be a topic to right now. On. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but I just, uh, on the other hand, though, is that um, I know that some of them aren't really homeless, but like you right. said, you don't know. You never know. I and just so, don't know. You just don't know. And Why so is my, that guy standing in front of the Home Depot that says jobs, you know, now hiring? Exactly. He's standing right in front of the sign. Exactly. There's a sign there. Yeah. Yeah. I think the same thing too. But 
my always uh my my first reaction to people like that one night i was with my buddy my co-worker and we were in downtown little rock leaving the river room and i thought we were about to get mugged uh-huh. and ended up we we had a conversation with these guys and the first thing i asked them was hey man what's your story right you right. tell me your story yeah so i want to hear i want to know i like or, do you really need this money correct or uh is it money you need can i get you some food can i take you out for dinner correct like do you need a friend you need someone to talk to um i don't find myself in that situation too terribly often but there have been times where i've been in that situation and i have to uh i have to figure out not how to get out of the situation but how to uh how to sway the situation into being a positive one you know yeah but you're also curious about what his deal is what's going on exactly like so they ask you Hey, do you have any money? Could I borrow? Could could I get a few bucks off you? Well, give me. You got a minute, right? You got some time. You want to tell me about yourself? You know, I'm, I could give you money, but could you just give me a few minutes and tell me about yourself first? Uh, you know, and that's that's a small price to pay. And I know a lot of you people are li- listening or like, oh no. Hey, what do you mean by you people? You people, <laughs> listeners with ears. <laughs> uh, some people may be thinking, uh, no, don't give them any money at all. And some are thinking, oh, just give it to them. Why do you? Why do you have to stop and ask him at all? You know, if you're going to give, give, uh, give without, uh, with, without any conditions. And I'm not saying it's a condition, but you know, just do your part and show some concern, show some love that, you know, it's not just about, okay, here's some money, get out of my face, but is there anything else I could do? You know, maybe I, I could give you 20 bucks now, or if, sure. if you're, if you just need some work, I could take you to my house. I'd cook you dinner while you wash my truck and I'll pay you a hundred bucks and dinner to wash my truck. You know, something like that. I'd, Teach I'd a man prefer. to fish going back to religion. <laughs> Perfect, man. Hey, it all comes uh, circular. I love it. Well, I, I try to, I try to finish empty, you know, as they say, yeah. uh, I had a, had a friend from first Baptist who passed away. He would say that, um, a good, good, great, great musician, great guy, um, passed away, um, really well known in the community. And he would say, finish empty. Oh. You give everything you have. And then at the end of the day, finish empty and fill yourself back up and go out the next day and do it again. Oh, that's so cool. Give everything you got, you know, live every day as if it was your last, yeah. I suppose that's the same yeah. kind of well, connotation. And, and that, that's, that to me is a beautiful thing about having faith and, uh, something else. And, uh, again, not to knock anybody. It's just not, not meant to be a sermon by any means, but, Oh, uh, go ahead. Me, preach on <laughs> uh, my, and my personal take, I think a beautiful thing about having faith is that, uh, in something really, uh, to me, that's uh, Christianity. But uh, in having faith, you you believe that you have everything you could possibly ever need eternally stored up for you somewhere. And it's there for you. It's waiting for you. You could die any day and it's okay. It's going to be all right because we're all going to die, right? We all got to come, come to terms with that. How do you want to die? How do you want to live before you die? And so, uh, you know, I, I just understand that there's not going to be a Hirsch following. Um, there's not going to be a, a cash truck following my Hirsch. Sure. Go to the funeral. Uh, so, so you're not Egyptian then? No. Were you buried with all the items I mean, that you were? My watch. You can bury me with my watch. Bury with and, your watch. And okay. one of my guitars. Probably sure. the Telecaster. Oh, um, yeah. so nobody gets to play that after you go? No. Ah, it's no. all yours nope, for the afterlife. Yep. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I may, I may give that to my future children or something. We'll see. We'll just have to see on that one. So no kids now? No no kids now. No ring. Uh, oh, I do okay. have a girlfriend. We've been in a relationship. Her name is Sydney. Oh, Beautiful, look at you. Great. Sweet. Um, we uh, fight a little every day, so we don't ever really fight at all. Oh, perfect, man. <laughs> perfect. It's great. No, we, we work really well together. Uh, she's pretty down to earth. We 
we just tease each other a lot. We're very honest. We're very open. And it's been almost two years now. Uh, we'll be two years in June. So, I mean, I'm kind of cutting it. <laughs> uh, sounds um, like a good relationship. It's a great relationship. She's amazing. And so, Does she play instruments as well? Or no? no. She is my uh, escape from music. <laughs> she is. Uh, she doesn't play anything. And so, when I come home at the end of the day from working in a music store and hearing kids play the same Mary Had a Little Lamb tune over and over. Um, well, uh, I got to be honest. They're not playing Mary Had a Little Lamb. It's probably going to be Metallica or Sweet Child of Mine. Okay. Okay. Uh, deep no Deep Purple? Okay. Deep purple. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, Smoke on the Water. Okay. First thing I learned. Dude, every, yeah. One of my students does that constantly. <laughs> every week I'm like, oh, it had to be one of mine. It had to be. So, uh, yeah, I get a lot of Deep Purple on that. Um, and I love Deep Purple. That song's ever played. So is that your <laughs> that what's your primary job at, at Palmer? Do you do you teach? Uh, my primary job is that I'm the repair shop manager. Repair I do shop. I do I do teach. Uh, right now I have six students uh, wow. on my schedule. I'm not taking on anymore because every week, every week, and yeah. that's an hour each one. Uh, Thirty right. minutes. Thirty minute mm-hmm. session. Mm-hmm. 30 teaching. Minutes. Well, I do have. Well, I have one student that takes an hour. Wow, uh, teaching yeah. guitar only or guitar for the most part. I have a bass student as well. I typically bass. in our lessons we kind of just find new songs. I'll play guitar and he'll play bass, and I'll show him stuff, and we'll just play through the songs. And he's learning chord charts and uh, basically what most people do in an actual band setting uh, in a rock band, right? Because a lot of people aren't reading music, so I wasn't really making any headway with him getting in a book and having him trying to force him to read music. It wasn't he wasn't doing anything. And I had him for a while trying to do that. So finally, I just pulled out a song. And so I'll always kind of go around a circle of methods, if you will, mm-hmm. with my students until I find something that finally works with them and gets them a little motivated. And uh, so he's been doing great. And uh, we're just jamming out to some who or some uh, man. Well, we're, we were. I got him learning Rosanna by Toto this what? week. Yeah, man, we're jamming on that. It's one of my favorite songs. All this music, time. I'm guessing, from before he was born. Oh, yeah, and he's totally these are all kids. It. He's totally into it. He's 15, 16. Um, good kid, though, like totally into great music. And so we, we hit it off on a lot of stuff. He's a big Chris Cornell fan. I'm a big Chris okay. Cornell fan. So uh, we hit it on that. We have some good long conversations about music. And it's just gotten, it's progressed from there because I found his niche, you know, like what he really enjoys and music and what, what really gets them going so uh and that's really the challenge with any student you got to learn them you have to take the time to get to know them a little bit personally i mean don't cross any boundaries any lines by any means but you got to get to know them um whilst maintaining that teacher student relationship you know what are uh, the age ranges of your students you got six any old fo- folks like me uh i've got a student that is 11 and his dad who is in his 40s i want to say hey yeah, yeah. All right. and they're both doing great i mean both of them they started learning at the same time uh dad's a pastor at a local little church in greenbrier and we have great conversations and he's they practice and uh the daughter's also taking ukulele lessons here not from me but from another teacher and uh oh so, yeah i have a ukulele at home pink mm-hmm. ukulele <clears throat> don't know how to play that one either <laughs> of course i can't give any names out uh uh confidentiality sure of course but uh yeah no they're all they're all doing great and uh i have an 11 year old girl who's uh just most excellent student music student i think i've ever had she practices every single day and just she's she's just very very attentive very uh teachable super yeah yeah now being in the in the music industry and seeing these kids do you think that some of these have potential to 
Yeah, make I it think, a career. I think every single one of them. Every one of them. I think every person, just about every person that has any kind of sense of rhythm or melody has potential to do music. It's really, it's not about talent. It's about skill. It's about passion. Right. You know, if you don't have a passion for something, you're not going to have any drive to do it. If you don't have drive to do it and practice it, you'll never gain any skill. And so I think any of my students who wanted to practice 30, day, 30 minutes a day at least with a metronome, could make a career out of this and anybody listening today too uh i don't believe in people that are tone deaf that's not a thing because they wouldn't enjoy music it would all sound like one pitch oh for the people what's a metronome a metronome is uh the little click that keeps everybody and at a playing at a constant rate it gives you the beat of the music um so it's really used as a, as a practice tool for musicians primarily um with technology nowadays they'll actually have a metronome playing live in their ears while they're performing okay so it's not that box with the stick that goes back and forth like a pendulum that actually is the original metronome yes but is that what you use or you're using oh, something electronic we use electronics now for Very the most cool. part uh they have apps for that um i mean obviously so i think they figured it out yeah we've got it pretty figured out um so but yeah the little clicky box was a metronome as well that was the original and i want one if anybody's looking to sell one (laughs) i want one ryan hinman yes yes (laughs) hit me up facebook guys um instagram too uh so yeah i mean it's it's really neat it's really neat working here teaching has always been something i enjoy just sharing my knowledge what i've gained because um You've got to pass it on or it's not worth anything. You know, if you just use it for yourself again, one day you're going to die and there's not going to be a bank truck. (laughs) So, all right. So 27 years old and you've got all this behind you. This is good. Um, Mom and dad still in Texarkana. Uh, Moms, uh, both are remarried. Uh, Dad's in the Texarkana area. Still same house I grew up in. Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They've been doing some remodeling. though. I mean, like, crazy so it's totally different mom lives in rowlett texas okay it's around the dallas area with her husband okay um, and she's a math teacher at the school there so, so when you go home back back home to dad you hey what you do to my room uh i don't have a room anymore oh you got no room no I don't have a room. <laughs> no nope. i don't even I, I pretty much stay with my brother my sister my other sister pretty much now when i go back because it's uh i mean my dad i gotta say my dad's a great guy he's always taking people in and so yeah. right uh Throughout my entire life, there's been several people who needed a place to stay. They needed a like cheap rent or their mom kicked them out and they were a teenager or something, sure. you know, just something weird like that. And my dad would take them in. Um, and so, you know, he's got a couple that's living there right now with their baby. And, you know, so he's getting a little extra money. They're getting cheap rent, nice place to stay with people that they know. Um, they're good family friends. So. Uh, so yeah, I usually try to just find a different place to stay, but I definitely yeah. stop by and visit. Well, so. I guess that's a Christian thing to do, wouldn't it? Be? I think so. I suppose I, your thing, your thing. to have people, you know, stay with you and, and help, help you out along the way. Yeah. Well, my goodness, I, I filled out this little piece of paper full of, uh, things that you've talked about. This is wonderful. Um, any <laughs> words of advice to the, all the musicians that are just starting out? All the musicians who are just starting out, man, your fingers hurt if you're playing guitar and you're, uh, you, you feel like you're not getting any better. You feel like it's a lost cause or it's hopeless, but just, just keep on. Just don't stop. I, I dropped out of college twice. I got kicked out of a voice studio because I didn't practice and I just was not a good singer. Uh, was not. Uh, so I kept at it. I just kept at it years and years later. And here I am. I'm leading my own band. I'm leading 
worship in a church. And so I, I'd like to think that I sing well-ish, and maybe other people do too, if they trust me to do it a lot in front of others. Uh, and so and that's, that's not to toot my own horn or anything. Thing. No, That's, no, I'll toot it for you. I heard you saying oh, it did good. Oh, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, all but, that '90s uh, uh, was it rock? But, uh, alt, alt rock. I oh suppose. man, I, I like to, I like really like to change it up and see what all I can do with my voice. It, you know, it's taken years for me to get what's in my head to come out, and that's what I want to pass on to people. It's not that I'm great; it's that I mean, if anything, I was terrible. I was really, really bad, and I had to work hard to get where i am now as a trombone player that kind of came easily to me um and bass kind of beginning stages came really easily to me as well but uh i got into guitar and i got singing and it was a little bit out outside of my comfort zone outside of my territory and mm. i really had to work hard at it repairs i've been working for years to get where i am and i, I still have so much to learn but you just can't ever stop you know life is a journey and you've got the path behind you that you've already tread and if you focus on that too much then you'll forget where you're going but if you're only focused on what's ahead then you'll get discouraged because you see how long how far you have to go so occasionally i mean you have to stay focused on what's ahead but occasionally you have to look back and remind yourself of how far you've come right and what you've actually achieved over the time span of you doing your career where over you playing guitar over you doing med school or over you uh trying to be a good parent or just a better person over you trying to quit smoking or doing drugs or drinking whatever it is that you're struggling with whether it's you trying to uh do away with a negative or incorporate a positive just don't stop just yeah. don't give up. You, if you're quitting smoking cigarettes, you got to quit quitting every single day. <laughs> so what's ahead for Ryan Hinman? Maybe this week or next month? Uh, well, I'll be playing at Kings on the fifth, opening up for band. Um, March fifth. Uh, April no, 5th. April fifth. I'm sorry. Yeah, forget what day it is. It's already <laughs> it's already March tenth. Oh, man, I'm, oh my goodness. I'll put I'm, this up probably time, tonight. Time's flying by. Well, I've got a lot of work cut out for me in the uh, in the repair shop. In fact, I think I'm going to stay for a little bit this afternoon and get a couple jobs kind of touched up and uh, just kind of stay. Now, that April fifth is that with the band? Uh, that'll just be myself. Oh, solo. Okay, mm-hmm. over at Kings. Mm-hmm. Over at Kings, just a little opening act. What day is April 5th? I want to say that's a Friday. A Friday, okay. Yeah, let me double check that um, real quick in my little calendar here. No, because I know they do, they have open mic night for all yeah, the musicians that are out there on Wednesday nights. That'll be Wednesday nights with my buddy Blake Goodwin and Trap Monkey Records. Shout out. Uh, Blake is awesome. Totally great guitarist. Good dude. And uh, Jim Rat. So, Jim yeah. Rat. Yeah, he is, he is healthy and looking fit. I need to get back to the gym. So, uh, if... If he's listening to this, love you, buddy. Miss you. Hit me up sometime. <laughs> and five-year plan. Five-year plan. Uh, man, I think I still see myself being right here. Maybe not in the same building. I, we might have a new location. We might still be here. You'll just have to stay tuned in for the next five years. I hey, guess. you sound but like you're content, man. I'm so happy where I am, and I, yeah. I just want to keep moving forward. But here's the thing, Dan. I mean, if, if, a, if an opportunity comes up for my band to go take a tour sure. across the country or to Europe or wherever, um, or some other band says, hey, we'll pay you so much to be a guitar tech, and my boss says, do it. Man, that's a great opportunity. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take that opportunity. So you can take um, a sabbatical from, yeah, from yeah, work yeah, and believe, still have a job maybe. At, when you I get think back. within reason, if it's not like a year sabbatical, you know. But <laughs> No, understood. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think there's a little bit of leeway, a little bit of wiggle room to do that here. 
Um, I mean, seeing as how we're all musicians and you want somebody like that to be on your side, you know, on your team. Uh, not that we'd be against each other if uh, we parted ways, but, um, you know, you want, if you want something done well, you want it done right, you want it done at all, you ask a busy person. And so I've always thought, man, I love being busy. <laughs> no, anybody that knows in the music business, in these tours, if you're going on these world tours, you are sacrificing a lot, oh, yeah. including family, oh, including yeah. that nice girlfriend that you got. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of things, I think, to look forward to, a lot of possibilities. But, man, if, if I just stay right here and I just keep fixing guitars and doing the things I do within this company, I mean, that's my primary role. But there's, there's so much that I really get to have my hands in here, and I'm so blessed um, to be a part of it. Uh, you know, to be to be trusted, like with a key to the building and stuff like it's just it's really neat uh, to to be that kind of guy that can be so active in the community the way that I get to be um, to be this company, this place that gets to raise musicians. We get to create them, train them, equip them, empower them and send them out into the community to do even more of that. Um, the fact that people will bring me their family heirloom guitar and say it's it's in dire need of help. And I say, I can fix it. You, know? you can fix I it. I can fix it. It depends. It depends on what it is. And uh, sometimes I'll say, I can fix it, but it's going to take a long time and it's going to cost a lot. And so sometimes they say, let's do it. And sometimes they say, I understand, but I can't. And I say, I understand. And you learn those skills on the job. You learn all those skills on the job. Damn. But I mean, I got to tell you, man. Please. Uh, I, there were several times, there have been many times over my career here at this place where I didn't think I was going to make it. Many days where I thought my attitude wasn't cutting it, my work ethic wasn't, uh, it wasn't matching up to what it needed to be, or my uh, quality of workmanship was, just wasn't panning out. And those moments where you're faced with, this is, this is my job, this is my dream job and i could lose this i could lose everything i've worked for everything i've fallen in love with because of laziness you know mm -hmm. it kicks you in the butt and it really gets you going to, i gotta work harder i gotta do more i've got to prove that i'm the one who deserves this position and that they don't need to replace me wow. <laughs> you know and so whether it's the, the case or not whether you're really uh about to get canned or uh, whether your employer really thinks that you're not doing a great job or not, I think occasionally it's really good to keep yourself in check that way. To just know, man, I'm not satisfied with my work today. I don't feel like I did enough. I can't sleep at night if I, if I feel like that. If I feel like I have not done enough during a day, I haven't gotten everything completed that I wanted to, it, it's troublesome to go to sleep at night. But... Uh, I just can't give up. I worry before every gig. I am so nervous oh, before man. every gig. And that just shows that you care. You care. You do. Exactly. You want it to be the best it can be. Exactly. Perfect. At, at, at any given time, just about, I've got 50 guitars back there. I checked earlier, 52. 52 guitars I mean, so to repair. Not, I'm not even exaggerating. 52 guitars in line to be repaired or restrung. You know, I, some I'm going to let you get back to work. <laughs> but uh man that, and that's just the thing i can work and work all day and it next week it's probably still going to be 50 but that's just it you just got to keep working yeah so don't that, forget to get your downtime though. that way oh yeah and that's that, that's it man I, I i get that and um a lot of the time here even you know just i'll get off work i'll clock out and i'll just hang around because it's 
it's a pretty relaxing place to be when you're not on the job. You know, you're not on the bench trying to get this guitar done. Not but is, that a good, is that a good thing to hang around your job after you're clocked out? Because I, mean, I, I know on the radio, they don't want you to be here on the, yeah, in the studio yeah. well, just and, hanging around. And there's, a, there's another thing. I, there was a point where I was coming up here pretty much every day to get some extra work done. And uh, the general manager said, man, take your Sundays off. I mean, you, you got that you right. Need like he said, do not come up here every day. It's okay occasionally if you want to to work on your own stuff or or whatever. Sure. But he said you you need your time away, and yeah, I do. I do need my time away, so I, I get that. Um, and evenings, you know, I really definitely look forward to those. A lot of the times, six o'clock, bah, mm. I'm out of here. Um, and other days, I'm just going to stay as late as I need to to complete whatever work I need to get done, and that's the attitude that really will take you further in life, not just in a repair shop, but um, I mean, when your band is packing up from a gig and you're pretty much done with all your stuff, Mm -hmm. the drummer needs help, help them, help them pack up. Sure. Or you don't feel like everybody's going to get paid a fair amount according to what you think they should get paid or we thought we were going to get paid. I'm going to forfeit mine and I'm not going to tell the guys. Oh, I'm just going to divvy mine up and give it to them. Say, this is, this is everybody's share. And so this is y'all stuff that y'all, they're, they're my guys. They're my boys. I take care of them, you know? And, uh, so to me, my band has always been like a ministry in a way to those guys. Yes. Uh, whoever's in it, I want to, I want to minister to their needs and, and be there for them. Uh, you know, if they need somebody to talk to somebody to hang out with anything like that. Um, and I want to make sure they're getting well compensated for their work and what they're doing. Sure. So, uh, yeah. Well, the entertainment business, the, the money can be good, but the work is not steady. Oh man. Yeah. You're telling me. So, especially when it's rainy season and you're trying to play outside gigs, Taylor's, (laughs) but, uh, I love playing there. It's oh, yeah. Nice. And it's a lot of times with nice. just a, a solo guitar, they'll put you inside the restaurant. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they always try to have some kind of music going on. So anybody that's supporting local music uh, by just being a venue. Oh, for sure. Ta- hey, not, not, not to disperse Taylor's fantastic yeah. venue. Great, great place. Food. Yeah. Actually just great food. Great food. Oh. Just have brunch there. They have Sunday brunches oh. in the afternoon. Where was I? Uh, <laughs> I had brunch there just before coming over here. So shout out. They're, they're really great. Oh, yeah. I like but, their steaks. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, we're rounding this out. Any last words of wisdom? Well, I think, uh, I think I've just about exhausted everything on my on my brain for today, Dan. But uh, very good, Ryan Hinman. Where do they find you? Uh, you can find me just about any day of the week, uh, except Thursdays. I will be at home taking my day off. Oh, wait. <laughs> okay. Well, no. Yeah, any, any, day of the, any day of the oh, where can you find? Where me? can you find you? Yeah. No, because that, I think that worked in backwards. It looks like you'll be home every day of the week except Thursdays. No. I will be any day except Thursday. You can find me at Palmer. At Palmer Sorry, Music Company would, yeah. in Conway, Arkansas. Yeah, but on Thursdays. And then your online presence? My online presence, you can find me on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Don't let my lack of posting tell you that I'm never online. I do check up occasionally. I just don't, uh, or frequently, actually. I just don't really post a whole lot these days. But uh, as the band gets out there, as I start getting um, kind of leveled out here in the shop and my, my job here, I'll be doing more solo stuff as well. 
There's going to be more online presence about all of that stuff. You'll see stuff on my Instagram about repairs uh, from time to time. I'm starting to get into some more interesting, picture-worthy repairs. So a lot of the stuff I've been is wiring, and I think it's really cool, but a lot of other people are thinking like, oh, I don't really know what I'm looking at, but cool. yeah. So, uh, But as I get into doing more finished work and structural repairs, I'll be posting that kind of stuff on there um, as those kind of jobs come in, that is. Well, that's kind of interesting. Um, so, yeah. So the band is Skies and Fire. Skies and Fire. Yes. And the and the solo musician is Ryan Hinman. You got it. Thank you so much, man. Thank Appreciate you. it. Absolutely. That was Ryan Hinman, self-described musician. But I think he's so much more. He's a pretty cool guy. I got to see his smile for a little over an hour just sitting right in front of me. Thank you so much for listening to the program. What makes you famous? It's Keys Dan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. What makes you famous? Peace. I'm out of here. Radio What? The music you want. Hey, guys. This is Shelly G with a fast fact. A dog was the first in space, and a sheep, a duck, and a rooster the first to fly in a hot air balloon. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us. At Interactive Radio, radio radiowhat.com. Follow Keys Dan on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of keysdan.com. Follow Radio What on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of radiowhat.com. The music you want is on.